Boker Tov. Let us continue in the Sefer Nefesh Shimshon. We, yesterday we began the Tefillah of Moda Ani, and we said how important this Tefillah is. It sets the tone for the day, and instead of most people, when they wake up in the morning, the first thing they think of is themselves, how they feel. And the Torah, the rabbis tell us, no, the first word is modeh. I admit that means Hashem is the one who's first. But now we um, have a little bit of a problem. And what is that? If the word modeh, when you first think in the morning say modeh, which really means everything is yours. That's really what it means. Because I confess to you, everything is yours. And I'm really not in the picture. You're the one who makes all the decisions. But that itself can create a problem. Because if you're not in the picture, then you lose all the excitement to do things. And a person has to feel that he has some vested interest in the program. So, But when a person says, so therefore we say, ani. So, Ani, I'm at least here. Now, I am yours, and I, I, Modeh Ani Lefonecha. So, I confess before you. So, I'm in the picture, but I'm the second one in the picture. Right? If I would be first, then it's all me. But I'm the second word. Okay? And therefore, since I'm still in the picture, uh, I, I, I can buy into the program. Because there's still, God has not denied my being in a knee after Hashem is the one who calls the shots. So it's like I'm like simply an ambassador. An ambassador has, you know, has to listen to what the government says, but they're still involved and they're the ones who bring it across and they're part of the program right and that's the idea it's interesting a lot of times for example if someone's a servant a slave they lose their desire to live because at the end of the day the person feels I'm only a servant I have no independent reality it's interesting the Gemara Sachem says Kina'an who was the son, the grandson of, um, of, of, of Noach, right? He had Ham, Ham, and then Canaan, right? So um, Canaan uh, told five things to his children, like in his ethical will. And one of them was love to steal, Right? So the question is, wait a minute, what does it help to steal? They're not going to get rich from stealing because we know that an Evid Kanani, whatever an Evid acquires, goes to his master. So what does it help to steal? But the answer is the situation that the Evid finds himself in. Right? This idea that he has doesn't feel any reality, he figures, why not steal? What do I have to lose? Right now, I don't have anything. Whatever I have... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know why I left it on you. Right. Thank you. So, the guy... Right now, he's an Evan. 
Evid is Mashakana, Evid Kanaraba. Whatever the Evid has, the Master has. So right now I have nothing. If I try to steal something, if my Master doesn't notice it, I'll have it. And if he does, then what did I lose? Right? Like, like or, or even better, if I steal from him, so what is he going to do? He's going to throw me out of the house. Well, that's not going to happen because I'm, I'm valuable property to him. So a regular person doesn't steal because he's afraid he'll be put in jail. But a servant says to himself, Adarabba, let them put me in jail and then I won't have to work. So you see, if there's no Ani in the picture at all, you don't have anything. So therefore, right after we say Modeh and we admit that we are Hashem's, then we add the word Ani, so therefore we can feel that we're part of the program. And everything I do is for your honor, and that's my good fortune, and therefore I won't let myself be hefker. I won't I won't be of any value. So you see this with the homeless. The homeless have got no value. They don't do anything productive. So what do they do? They're sitting. I got two at the bank if you came in this morning. We had one last night upstairs in front of the washroom sleeping. So we called uh, security and they finally got rid of him. What is it? These people have no sense of value. So if they at least had a job, they'd feel there's a reason to get up in the morning. So we have a very chashri job. We're the ambassadors of God. So I'm always, I always have something productive to do. So now that you're in, so therefore I don't make myself hefker. It's like, I've got, I've, I've got something very important. So this is the, the uh, what do you call it, the, the dialectic that we have to understand that there is on the one hand, Hashem is totally owns us and everything, but he still gives us worthwhile activities to do. So here's a good example from a few weeks ago when Hashem commanded Avram, Lech Lecha. Hashem is giving him a command. And Rashi says, Lech lecha for your pleasure, for your good. So what do you have? That even, and then Hashem even says to him that I'm going to bless you, you're going to be a great name, and this and that. He promises all kinds of goodies. But still, it started off that Avram Avinu is got to listen. I'm the one calling the shots. But at the end of the day, it will be for your benefit. And that's the goal of the service of a person. Not to make himself gunish from gunish, but still to stay with his kochos, with his ani that he has, and with great simcha, knowing that I have something that will give me great benefits, but the master is telling me how to go about doing that. So when a person goes into shul, and he says to him, he should feel, I am a servant of Hashem. Now, God tells me that's what I've, I got to do. But every time I go to shul, I'm raking in thousands of mitzvahs that are better than gold and better than silver. Is that not Is that not for your benefit? So that's how we have to look at it and therefore gives us a cheshek and a simcha. So this is, I have to balance it. You have to balance that. I don't have any say in what's going on over here. Hashem is the one who decides and every time I do something I say what does Hashem want me to do 
And every time I make the right decision, man, it just put another big deposit in the RRSP. That's the only RRSP they can ever rely on, okay? Because that will never go bankrupt, okay? So you should be very happy. Now you have a reason to get up in the morning and you have a focus and you understand, you know, you get up in the morning in business and somebody can spend a whole day and not make a penny. You try this, you try that. But here, the business we go into every day, we come out more money in the bank. That's a pretty good geschäft. If you, if you knew, if you were guaranteed every day, every day, Steve, you're going to sell a house. Sell, you know, business, whatever, property, property. Every day you're going to sell a property. You get up, no? If you don't get up, you don't sell. All right, so that's a good, that's a good deal. So that's how we have to look at it. So that's moda ani. Okay, so now, next four words. Lefanecha, before you. Melech, king, chai, living, vekayom, and existing. Okay, so let's take it one at a time. The third word is lefanecha. So we're speaking about an I, but to know that Hashem is standing before you. Modeani lifanecha, in front of you. So this is the idea that we're standing lifanecha melech before the king, Mamish. They tell a story of Reb Chaim from Tzans, who one day came very late to Shul, and they thought there was something wrong with him. So go to his house, and they see he's sitting up erect with the, the blanket over his head. And he's like paralyzed. And they say, what's going on? He says, I said, and I couldn't move. I'm so in awe. I'm right in front of Hashem. How could I do anything in front of Hashem? Okay, that's somebody who really understands this idea. But for us, at least, to know that it's not, you know, okay, thank you, God, wherever you are. Long distance call. He's mamish right here, next to me in the bed. Right before you. And who are you? You're a melech, chai, vekayon. Three words. Obviously, melech is understood. You're the king, you call the shots. And there's great glory by you. But what do you have to say, chai? Now, of course, the Rambam, when we're going to learn further in Murunavuchim, is going to explain how do you understand the word chai? Because, you know, if God's really alive, then he could die. How do you understand alive? <clears throat> so he says like this. He says, a person can believe and know that there is a God. But that could be only stuck in the realm of philosophy, in thought, and not anymore. And it's not, as they say, a living concept within the person. Okay? That means, it's okay, there's a God. There's a theory. I don't really know him. I don't really have a relationship with him. But let's say, right as I'm giving the class, the Godla door would walk into this room right now. Okay, I would not, we would not be so relaxed. <laughs> right? We'd all be trembling if the Godla door came in. Let's give a, a simpler example. Okay, you're going on a side street 70 kilometers because you want to go quickly. You know, some of these streets, you know, like Hilda, you want to go fast on Hilda, these things. You should know that they, they, recently, they recently put in a, a camera. Oh, did they? Yeah, right at, uh, by the school there, by Steele's. 
across and then Hilda. How do I know? They mailed me a ticket. Yeah. I wasn't going that fast. I was going 52 yeah. in a 40 zone. That, that's not even so bad. 52 is normal. Anyway, so, but here's the point. You're going, you see a police car right at the corner there. All of a sudden you hit the brakes. What are you hitting the brakes for? Even if you're going regular, you're hitting yes, the brakes. Why? Because he sees in front of him there's a living policeman. Okay? And he becomes filled with fear. Because you it's tangible. It's not an abstract idea. So now let's think about it. Hashem is ten times, not ten times, a million times more powerful than the policeman. And we don't have any of their feelings. Just think, whenever you just notice the policeman and, you, and you're, you're on the highway, you're going 120 when it's 100, right? And, and, and Waze says, police reported. <laughs> That's it. You put the brakes. Police reported. He may not still be there, but police reported. There's even a suffix. The policeman will be there. You put the brakes on. So so what about Hashem? So that's why I'd say he's he's high. Or in Yiddish you say, it's a Lebedic God. It's a living God. Okay? Even though Hashem is beyond our concepts, but he's still a living God, a tangible reality, the infinite creator. And if we merit to really feel this and have a complete amuna, then our whole service takes on a different look completely. If it's a real living God. But we're not allowed to imagine. What? You're allowed to imagine that he's alive. No, alive. He's, 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 he exists. He's relevant. He's there. But when, you, when your mind says that, usually it tries to relate to us to something, something yeah. so we have to deal with our concept that we cannot really just say he's more alive than the policeman in front of me right that's okay. it i don't know what he is but i know one thing's for sure he's more alive than the policeman in front of me that's all for sure he's a million times more powerful i don't know how to define it but imagine if the policeman was there or the godlador was there so we, we use Mishalim to, even though we're not defining Hashem, saying if the Chavetz Chaim was here, I wouldn't do this right now. Right. Or I'd do it better. Okay? And that really is the Yisod in the beginning of all our Amunah. Because the problem with our Amunah is we don't really feel God's presence. And that's where Yochanan and Sake said when his students came to visit him before he was going to die. And they said, Rebbe, give us a blessing. And he said, may it be the will that our fear of heaven upon, uh, that the fear of heaven upon you should be like the fear of heaven of a, a flesh and blood person. So he said, Rebbe, that's it? He says, Halavai, you should know when a person does a sin, he says, as long as nobody sees me. So Halavai, you should recognize Hashem within you as, as a personal reality, and that will change your whole level to Hashem. And we have all kinds of words we use to uh, describe our, our relationship with Hashem. We have the yud hey vav we have Elohim, we have Shakai, Tzifakos, etc., etc. But that only helps after we have the first term that he's a Melechai. If he's not a Melechai, what does it help to give him all these great terms if it's not relevant to us? 
if somebody recognizes that God is not only alive, he's the source of all life, okay, then we can use these terms. You're going to say he's merciful. Yeah, but he's dead. What do you mean merciful? It's, just, it's an abstract concept. So what does it matter to call him merciful? If he's alive, then he can be merciful. Okay? And this really is the foundation of bitachon. Bitachon is our recognition that we have a Father in Heaven who loves us and is worried about us and takes care of us. Okay? And when we come to the Aserah what we start saying Avinu Malkeinu so many times. Why? Because he is Avinu Malkeinu. If you realize that you have a father who has, uh, who owns the bank, mm-hmm. you feel a lot better if you have any financial issues. Right? And, uh, and, and uh, so he, he's, he's your father. But, uh, but maybe the government will take the money away from him. No, he's the king also. So he's got the love for you. He's got the power for you. That means he's alive. He, he really can solve the problem. That's, that's the issue. We don't, we don't think, I, I got such a problem. I should say, what are you worried about? What do you mean I got this problem? He says, well, have you considered asking me to help you out? Ah, you're not interested in what I'm doing. You don't really care. You ignore me. He says, what are you talking about? Melech chai vekayam. I care about you. Tell me about the problem. I could solve any problem, even if you don't see a solution to the problem. I can solve it. Okay, so we, we got to daven for that. And that's the idea of chai. Now, kayom, which means exists. So I understand, once you said melechai, what, what do you need kayom for? So the answer is, he's always alive, never stops for a minute, even if you forget about him, he doesn't forget about you. When you go to sleep, he ain't asleep. He's alive, always. Even if you're angry at him, even if you hate him, even if you say, I don't want to know about you, he's still there. He's still worrying about you. He's still trying to figure a way to help you with your problems. Okay, and that's a melechai vekayom. This is the Aleph base of Judaism. It's got to be a living Judaism with a living God. And what do we scream out on in the Piyutim on Rosh Hashanah? Ve'atohu melechel chai vekayom. Right? So therefore, in the morning, we're saying, we have to right away say melechai vekayom. Okay. And therefore, we got the basics. Moda, I am yours, Hashem. I'm not my own self. Ani, but you allow me to have an existence. It gives me some vested interest. Lefonecha, right in front of you. There is before me Hashem, and he's the king. He's the balabas. He's alive and well and always there, even if I'm not thinking about it. That's the opening understanding of how your day begins and everything you do during the day has to be cognizant of that you're going to be driving carpool or whatever you're doing you know that the living God is there right next to you and he's given you instructions how to behave at this time and he's watching you okay now that's we'll say the first part of Modani 
We still got a few more words to go. Now, what am I thanking you for? Shehechazarta bi nishmasi. You returned to me my soul. Okay, now that we have the proper understanding of who we're dealing with, we can now go on to describe, uh, uh, to, we can begin our vote Hashem for this day. We can begin our, our voda now here. So the first avoda. So what's the first? Now we got it straight. Hashem. Okay. What's the first thing I do in my day? First project. First activity is to thank Hashem that I'm alive. Shechazar to be nishmalti. That's a job. It's not. You know. It is thankfulness. Hakoras hatov. You start your day with hakoras hatov. And the reason why we don't thank Hashem so much because we don't recognize what He's doing and we don't know what life is. Okay? And Hashem has given us, built into our character, a desire to want to live. Now, that's, everybody wants to live unless they're crazy. And that's a gift from Hashem. Because then we can begin to appreciate what we have. If people don't want to live, they don't appreciate life. The terrorists, they don't appreciate life. What's the difference a terrorist and a Jew? A terrorist, you can ask the following question. Both are willing to give up their lives. Right? A Jew is willing to give his life for Hashem. A Muslim is willing to give up his life for Allah. So what's the difference? What makes us better? The answer is, they don't value their lives. So they're not giving away anything important. They know one thing. Life is up there. Only up there. And nothing down here. And the sooner you get up there, the sooner you get the virgins. So I just blow myself up. It's quick, painless. What do I care if I die? A Jew values life. Because life, every minute you're alive, you can do mitzvahs. Every minute you're alive, you can bring Kiddush Hashem to the world. And if you're giving up your life, you're giving up something that's precious. The Muslim's not giving anything away that's precious to him. For him, the Adarab, in fact, I die, now I'll get something precious. They don't value their lives at all. And therefore, when we realize that life is precious, so now it becomes, as they say, life itself is, in, is, a, is a receptacle Okay, it's mamish something that you can use. And if you understand what Hashem is giving you to value the, the, val, the vessel itself, I give you, um, give you a spoon and a bowl. Does it got any value? Sure. How else do I eat my uh, cereal? Unless it's filled, it doesn't. Unless what? You have to put something in it. Oh, but, but I can't put anything in if I How about this cup? How valuable is this cup? How can, you, how, can you drink, how can I drink coffee without a cup? Absolutely not. You can't. It's not possible. So the cup has value. It has utility. We have to look at life as the most expensive cup we have. Because it holds everything that's in there. Okay, it makes you who you are. You can be an Avram Avinu. You can mamish be anybody, but without life, you can't be anything. So look at this: the most. If you say, "I got," what's your most valuable utensil in the house? 
is your life. Because look what it can contain. It can contain so much. It's limitless, right? It's it's such a uh, a quality gift without any boundaries. For example, and you could do a little mitzvah. Okay, he gets eternity. I'm alive now. I'm learning Torah now. That's the tool for eternity. I can understand why if you die al Kiddush Hashem, you've given away a very valuable object. Okay? Uh, you know, we know for sure if, uh, if uh, God forbid, your kid ran into the street and it's going to get, and a car is going to smash him for sure, and another guy jumps, swoops your kid up, and narrowly saves his life, how much gratitude you'd have for him and what you do for him. So imagine now, if you really understand how valuable life is, how grateful we should be. Now let's think about it. When you are asleep, really, you're in great danger of dying because the heartbeat goes down. You're not doing anything. For the six, seven, eight hours a person, he's mamish very close to death, right? It's not so simple, just get up. The whole mechanism of the body has to change. And the rabbis understood this. So we have to look every morning as if we got up from the grave. And to thank Hashem for Tchiyas Amesim. Right? When Yitzchak, right before the Akedah, right as Avraham killed, he died. But then Hashem brought him back to life. And the Malachim said, Baruch Hashem B'chaim Eisim. Chaim Vital, in his Sefer Shar Gulim, once explained one time he reached a state that he was mamish dead. He was dead. And my Rebbe cried and brought me back to life. And I got up and I blessed and I said, Baruch Ato Hashem That's what Chaim Vital says. And he doesn't exaggerate. So that happened by him. person gets up in the morning has to feel the gift of Tchiyas Hamesim. Now, it's not easy to feel that because it happens every day. But the truth of the matter is, it's a fundamental of life. The fact that you get up in the morning, and more than that, hopefully you get up refreshed. You go to bed really tired. And you get up, you're refreshed. And now you have another day, another little spark of your neshama. So now, Shechazar to Benishmasi. So that's step, the first avoda Hashem. So we're recognizing who Hashem is, what He is, and where I fit in in our relationship. And then I thank Hashem for the most precious gift that can ever be given, my life. Now how far do we have to reflect? Bechemla, with compassion you gave it. Kama, Rabba emunasecha, great is your faithfulness. So these three words tell us how far does the reflection require and how far to be uh, grateful. So therefore, let's think about it. We know that Hashem looks at us and He judges us. And He gives us. So if you think about it, maybe yesterday was a really bad day. Yesterday, for whatever reason, I wasn't in the mood to get up to Dab. And yesterday, I didn't learn any Torah. And yesterday, I did a number of Averos. So, 
What did I do with the utensil that God gave me? I made it dirty. I damaged it. And uh, God should say, you know what? I think you damaged the utensil, and I don't know if you should get up tomorrow. Why should it, Why should he get up? Look what he did to the utensil I gave him. Right? Do I have anything coming to me? And I still got up and I felt great. So I guess God did it with compassion. It's like mamish, a kiss from God. Because I know what I did, how bad I was yesterday. And no matter what, no matter how bad I am, generally speaking, he gets me up. Shechazar to be nishma, see? Kama. Not kama. Bechemla. Bechemla. It all goes together. You know, people make mistakes. Shechazar to be nishma, see? Kama. Bechemla. No, it's bechemla. Then it's kama. No, to be nishma si bechemla. One statement. Yeah, Meaning, that's... it's not just because it's the normal way that everybody gets up in the world. Mm-hmm. No, it's not just to keep the world. It's come rachmonas. I, if it's with rachmonas, what's going to happen tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Maybe I won't have so much rachmonas tomorrow. Today, he had mercy on me. But I know what kind of a bum I am. You know what? I know I won't have it even today. So I don't know if he'll... I was lucky. He got me up yesterday, but who about tomorrow? Right? Still, Rabba Emunasecha, great is your faithfulness. Now we can understand this in two ways. Either I could trust you, you'll give it to me, or you're trusting me that maybe tomorrow will be a better day. Rabba Emunasecha. So, uh, Rapinka says, one time I got this feeling a little bit of Trias Amesim in a certain way. He says, I once traveled with a sick person to America. He did a lot of this. A lot of Israelis had to go to America. They didn't know what to do. Now, remember, Rapinkas knew English. He was born in America. So he knew English, and he's fluent in English and in Hebrew. He lived in Of Ofakim. So a lot of times, and he was very busy, very busy man in Israel. But sometimes he would just say, I'm taking off the week taking this Israeli, I'm going to help him with his medical needs in America. So he takes it to America. So in, in Eretz Yisrael, they took all kinds of diagnostic tests and this and that. They said, listen, you have no hope. You aren't going to live maybe a couple months. There's nothing we can do for you. You want to go to America? Maybe they got better doctors. So they decide to go to America. Okay, The doctors in Israel said, you're going to die in a couple months. That's it. All the scans, everything. Get to America. They went straight from the airport to the hospital, and they're making all kinds of tests. And the doctors there are worked like for four hours, and they really were like vested in this. And they're talking, they're talking. And I said, "Okay, what what are you talking about?" He says, "Listen, all I can tell you is we checked everything. We don't see anything wrong with this guy." So Rapinka says, at that moment, I felt there was Trias Amesim. And he said, I broke out in tears. And then I went to Davin. And you can imagine how much simcha I had. Because Hashem doesn't just leave people like that. So this is how we have to, tomorrow morning, you get up. First thing is, Moda, I admit, you're number one. Ani, I'm in the picture, but you're number one. Lifanecha, before you, you're right in front of me. You are the Melech, you're alive, you're mamish. You're in very vested, even when I'm asleep. For what? And now I have to thank you 
What? The gift, the incredible gift that you gave me? Bechemla, with mercy, because I don't deserve it. And now, the faithfulness you have in me, that you will continue to do that, even though I may not deserve it. And I have faith in you that you are going to continue to do that, even though I don't deserve it. Now you've got the start for the day. And everything has to fit into that. And next week, we will begin. The next thing in the sitter is to accept upon yourself where that fits into the scheme of things.